Hello and welcome to Not A Scratch, the only podcast that believes that Scratch is an overpowered move. I am your host, Anaru himself, and this is the ARC 3 summary episode. We at Not A Scratch understand that there are a lot of episodes to listen to in order to catch up to the show, and as a result, we wanted to create summary episodes, which, unsurprisingly, summarize arcs and make it easier for listeners to catch up to the current action. Now some quick notes before we go into the summary. The summaries are broad overviews of each arc, and we highly recommend checking out each individual episode to get more details, references, and a better understanding of the overall story. If you're looking for major plot points, you've got them here, but note that this isn't going to talk about every single interaction our players have. The goal is to make sure you've got a good understanding of the events of the arc, and can jump into the first episode of the next arc without any major concerns. For more information on the show and on us, check the end of the episode. This is the summary episode for Arc 3. The episodes were released from March 9th, 2021 to July 31st, 2021, with a Q&A episode released on September 14th, 2021. This arc as a whole was pretty interesting as we took all of the established aspects of the world and basically threw them out. Not only was that the case, but I personally was finding it somewhat difficult to uh, regularly release episodes, which is why the time frame for this arc is a bit longer than the first two arcs, despite the episode count being roughly the same. But instead of talking about all that, why don't we talk about the show? What exactly is this creation? For those of you who may not know, this is a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon TTRPG actual play podcast. Pokemon, to summarize real quickly, is a series of role-playing games focusing on different characters traveling across a region, kind of like a country, as they try to accomplish whatever goal they have. The most popular version of the games, and the type that you're probably most familiar with, are where trainers train Pokemon as they eventually aim to become the champion of the region. These are your Pokemon red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, and so on. The most recent games as of this recording was Pokemon Sword and Shield, released in November of 2019. The Pokemon franchise has created a number of spin-off games that take the normal Pokemon formula and twist it in an interesting new way. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon has you become a Pokemon and tracks your adventure as a single Pokemon. The games show off a world of Pokemon and only Pokemon who've built communities and thriving towns of their own. The TTRPG system that we use in the story is actually made by yours truly, and we've been improving the system throughout the adventure, something that you will probably notice on once you start listening to the episodes. Also, one more quick note about the summary episode structure, the music will be changing when we change episodes. I'll be putting timestamps in the description of the episode as well, and please remind me if I have not, because I am terrible at remembering things like this. So, without further ado, let's begin Arc 3. We start the arc off, like all previous arcs, with updates to the system. These updates focus more on balanced aspects of the story that haven't been balanced yet and fixing that to become balanced, and we are semi-successful in that, which is about as far as you can expect with us. Our characters get some more stats adjusted as well due to some of these changes. In terms of story, our heroes start off stranded in the icy land that they were banished to, and they begin to work to keep themselves warm in the freezing environment. They travel for a full day with no real change in environment and decide to make an igloo. They spend the night in the slightly cramped igloo, and each of them has a separate dream. Both dreams are pretty similar, actually. Both Ralph and Kyle are walking and see a sign pointed in three directions, left, right, and straight. While left and right lead to their own paths, straight leads directly to the ocean. Ralph only sees himself and walks to the right, while Kyle sees Ralph walk to the right, and the egg that they've had walk forward towards the ocean. Kyle uh, decides to go left, you know, 
completing the trio. Both of them continue to walk until they notice they are being chased. They run away from this mysterious creature to find a slab of different material in front of them, stone for Ralph and steel for Kyle. As they both touch the slab, they wake up. Both of them wake up the next morning and start traveling away from the ocean behind them. Most of the day is spent traveling, and they notice something sticking out of the ground in the distance. As they walk towards it, they find a large arrow sign pointing in three directions, left, right, and straight. Straight leads right off a cliff followed by the ocean, while left and right lead to separate snowy paths. They decide to spend the night at a nearby cave, and are able to make it a semi-comfortable, I suppose. The next day, Kyle and Ralph notice that the egg has moved around, as if the Pokemon inside wanted to move around. After some discussion, they decide to go the path the egg went in their dream, and begin to climb down the cliff, though only Ralph is able to get to the bottom. As Ralph looks around, he has an urge to dive into the water, and so, dives in. Now, Ralph is a pretty athletic Pokemon, so he dives into the water looking for special items and returns with three different items, a frozen rock, a clear gummy, and a slab of ice. Both Ralph and Kyle start booking it up the cliff as the tide rushes in and meet back up at the top. Turns out, that slab of ice, it's the ice part, which they quickly realize is related to the Regis, Regice, Registeel, and Regirock. They decide to split up in their own separate directions to find the parts in their dream. A day goes by with no progress beside movement, and both of them travel through the night. Kyle eventually notices a river and a village in the distance. Kyle's village has an inn, and Kyle decides to take a nap, rest, and recover. Later on, he wakes up and heads back to the bridge he passed by to find out that the steel slab is stuck in the bridge. He plucks the steel part out and heads back towards the arrow signs. Meanwhile, Ralph notices a cave and enters in. Once he enters, Ralph uses some of the sticks and his blast seed to create a torch and begins to explore the cave. The sticks lying on the ground, you know, he's, Ralph is a very resourceful Pokemon. After a couple of skirmishes, Ralph eventually finds the rock part and heads back to the arrow signs to meet with Kyle. Both of them meet up and combine the steel, ice, and rock parts together to create some sort of GPS map that focuses on themselves. They head to the cave and decide to rest and recover for the rest of this day and the night. The next morning, Ralph and Kyle decide to travel to the village Kyle visited and head out. They head out towards the village without any issue and reach the small town later that day. Once they reach the town, Kyle decides to go to the local food place to get some information. Scanning around, Kyle notices Lindsay, a Cubone adventurer, and introduces themselves to her. After mentioning Indy the Pamphy, Lindsay agrees to introduce them to her friends, Rigel the Heliolisk and Pollux the Clink. They live and work at a lab, as both of them are scientists. After some discussion about what Ralph and Kyle are actually looking for, Rigel gives them a book that details the myths and legends of the Outcast region. They let them keep the book if they help him with the project. Rigel, along with Pollux, is working to create a brand new move via Technical Machine, or TM, but is missing a piece of the puzzle. This move in particular not only has the power to hit multiple Pokemon in a room, but is typeless. Rigel plans to use this move against invading enemies that regularly attack and destroy their town. Ralph and Kyle examine the TM, and eventually imbue their own powers into it, thus making it all types. Also, Ralph and Kyle attack each other in the process. This is a big facepalm moment. Uh, a success, but a facepalm moment. Rigel decides to learn the move himself, Vacuum Cut. As a result of this success, Rigel lets Ralph and Kyle keep the book, Myths, Legends, Etc., A Guide to the Alcast Region, written by Sandoran the Wigglytuff. After an eventful day, they decide to head to bed. That night, Kyle has a weird dream where he stands in a blank void, with five lights spread out around him. 
At three of the lights, he sees the three parts that they collected previously, the rock, ice, and steel parts. However, two of the lights are empty. In the center of the void on the ground is a glass pane. Behind the pane, Kyle sees the entire Alcast region. After attempting and failing to break the glass pane, Kyle notices a flash of light in the western side of the region. A beam of light shoots up towards him, and he wakes up with a start the next morning, hitting his head on the bed in the process. Both Ralph and Kyle wake up the next morning with bad news. The invasion has started. This episode starts off with the invasion as the townsfolk, along with Ralph and Kyle, fight off the invading Pokemon. It's a lot of storytelling battling as opposed to over-accuracy battling. As the waves are about to get concerning, a loud noise calls back the invading forces. Ralph, Kyle, Rigel, Pollux, and Lindsay head to the caves, following the forces to see if they can take advantage of this moment. They reach the cave, which crackles with purple electricity. As they enter the cave, they come face to face with three Pokemon, Regidrago, Regilicky, and Regigigas. Battle begins! With this being a 5 on 3 matchup, our protagonists end up winning in a frankly easy fashion. Probably too easy. In the very back of the cave, a portal appears. Ralph and Kyle walk through the portal on their own, choosing not to bring any of their new friends with them. Prior to walking through the portal, both Ralph and Kyle notice two slabs where the Regidrago and Regilecki were, pick them up, and merge them with the slabs they already have. The merged slabs now not only act as a GPS, but also as an enemy-slash-ally tracker. Through the portal, they appear in a similar-looking cave, with the weather outside raining and still very cold. Their map shows three dots, a Ralph dot, a Kyle dot, and a large red dot on the other side of this island that they've been transported to. They decide to trek their way to that red dot, a journey that takes a couple of hours. On the other side of the island, Ralph and Kyle approach a large platform, with four pillars in the four corners. There are two holes on the ground in the battlefield, large circles in the ground. As they shine their badges in these pits, a large statue of a Pokemon appears in its place. Kyle basically shows the statue the secret slab, which breaks into the five components and gets absorbed into the statue, each part being absorbed into one of its five yellow rings around this Pokemon. The statue begins to move, and it's Regigigas. To prove their worth, Regigigas asks Ralph and Kyle to fight. The battle begins, and Regigigas is much stronger than the one that they fought previously. Like, this is probably the real Regigigas. The battle goes on for many more rounds than normal, and Regigigas nearly gets out of its ability slow start. However, Ralph and Kyle are able to defeat them in time. As a result, Regigigas gives them the Icy Flute, the second legendary item. Ralph and Kyle poof themselves into the dream hallway, but don't really get much of anything from anyone, so they head back to the real world after dropping off the Icy Flute. Regigigas also offers to send them wherever they would like to go, and after much deliberation, they decide to head straight back to Briny Breeze Island. At the Boulder Stars, Kyle immediately takes a nap to rest and recover, while Ralph speaks with Carlos Costa about the events over the past week plus. And then, a nice rest in a bed for once in a long time for them. The next morning, Kyle speaks with Carlos Costa about the past events, and both of them do missions for the day. After that, Ralph looks at his mail, but doesn't see anything from Snow, which very much concerns him. Ralph and Kyle also skim through the Book of Myths and get a map of the entire region. They also learn more about the Ring organization, and that the author of the book lives in Gale Beach, a city in the Ventus State. 
The next morning, Ralph and Kyle start to plan their trip to Gale Beach to track down and figure out who Sindoran actually is. After some shenanigans involving some threats and breaking plates, they eventually find a mission that will have them assist the Dark Clouds Guild in transferring a package to Gale Beach, and travel with Rage the Gyarados part of the way there, as Rage is able to surf on the water. As the journey is going to be a multi-day journey, Ralph, Kyle, and Rage take a pit stop halfway through to sleep. Then they travel on the second day, coming just short of Thundertree City. That night, Kyle has a frankly weird dream. In fact, rather than describe what exactly is happening, I'm going to share with you the actual dream itself. Both of you, why don't you give me a roll for... Ah, more dreams. Dream so are we Arcana? rolling Arcana? Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so you gotta... You gotta love the plus one that takes you from a 14 to a 15. You gotta Meanwhile, love. I got a plus zero that takes me from a 7 to a 7. Ralph, you sleep kindly. Nice, smooth, everything's <laughs> you sleep. You sleep kindly as opposed to sleeping... <laughs> sleeping meanly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why I said kindly, but we're rolling with it. Um, Kyle, meanwhile, you do not sleep kindly. You sleep very, very meanly. Uh, Whack. So you see uh, a dream, unsurprisingly. Uh, you open your eyes and you see yourself in the hallway, like like the dream world hallway, like like a dream world hallway. hallway, like psychic world hallway. Yes. All right. Is there anything unusual? Um, no. All of the doors are closed, which isn't unusual. It's kind of just a thing you note. Any doors that like I don't like that aren't there usually. Nope. All the doors seem normal. Okay. Let's see what's going on in the uh, in the Verizian room then. Okay. You walk inside. You walk inside the Verzian room and see yourself. What am I doing? Uh, you're kind of dusting off the legendary items that you have. Cool. I'm gonna keep an eye on myself because this, 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 like, that can't be all that's happening here. Nope. Uh, that's well, that's all that's happening in your room at least. So. Okay. Um, I'm gonna like very. I'm gonna close the door, but like, try not to startle dream kyle as i do so okay roll stealth with advantage but roll stealth plus one cool baby oh, 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 oh i got a 13 and then i got a 14 but plus one is a 15 nice. okay so you're able to get out of your room without any disturbances mm -hmm. uh you close the door behind you all the doors are not closed where would you like to go next uh i'm gonna very like i'm I'm, I'm gonna wait, like, a couple seconds, and then pop my head back in, because I'm very sus of being able to see me. Okay, uh, sense. you look back in, um, you seem like you're trying to do a, like a, you're thinking very hard, as, you, as Dream Kyle, so, okay, there is Kyle, which is you, and there's Dream Kyle, which is this in-world, you know, you get the gist. Uh, Dream Kyle is looking, I say Kyle. Dream Kyle is, uh, like, looking at the legendary items and just, like, thinking very hard. Like, he's trying to put pieces together of a puzzle. Okay. I'm slightly I'm slightly less sus now. I'm okay to leave. I'll go to the Mew room now. Okay, you head to the Mew room, and the Mew room is, uh, you know, still a void that it normally is. Well, can I, like, go into the void and go into Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You go inside the, the Mew room, you end up in your temple garden, and, uh... I assume you're walking to the uh, pavilion, the veranda, the whatever it's called. The gazebo. gazebo there you go. Yes. Uh, mean, is there anyone around? In the gazebo? Like in, like anywhere in the mu void. 
Yes, as you as you look uh, at the gazebo, you see Adam there with who's looking at the table that you're normally looking at. Uh, it seems like there's something on the table, but you're too far away to see it right I'm now. Adam, I'm I have no idea if I'm actually in the dream world or I'm just having a dream that I'm in the dream world. Oh god, that is... That, Double that, dream. That, oh lord. Uh, yes, I'm gonna go up to the table. Okay, you walk up to the table and you see Adam with a world map going across the table. And he's got different like figurines at different locations. But ultimately, he's sitting there like thinking about a problem. Like, okay. You see him occasionally move some figurines around, Are shake his head, like reset Pokemon? them. They're just colored beads, I guess is the best way to describe them. Are there like a green and like orangish one? Uh, there are all different colors. You're unable to make rhyme or reason out of them. Unless you want to roll smart. I'm gonna, yeah, I, w- I want to like investigate this and see if I can like put together what he's doing here. <gasps> 18. Okay. Um, as you look at the map, you start to put pieces together, but they don't really make much sense. So you can tell that there are a number of green beads and those are clearly you guys because um, he's he, those are the ones that he's constantly moving around mm-hmm. there are a huge number of orange beads and the orange beads are just spread out across the map and he's not touching those those your guess is those are probably the enemies then there are a few dark red beads and those are usually associated with the different large um, orange beads like the orange piles of beads uh-huh. Uh, he's not moving those, so you have an idea that's like a leader of some sort. Um, um, there is one thing, though, that he has off to the side. He has not touched this bead. This is a bright pink bead, and it is much larger than the other one. So if the other ones were like, I don't know, the, the size of a like fingernail, like small bead thing like that, this is the size of like a small pebble, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like big chalky boy. Yes. Interesting. Um... That one, you have no idea what that could be. You just know it's one of a kind, and it's off the map. Where are, like, the bad guy clusters of bees? Like, is there any that I would recognize? Like, are there any by, like, New Shimmer City? Or are there any by, like, Brightening Breeze? Where else did we have run? Uh, each of the clusters are located around the major guilds. Huh. That's weird. Um, I'm gonna try and, like, wave and get Adam's attention. He doesn't see. So my guess is he can't see or hear. Um, hmm. So there's clusters of... Wait, but that doesn't make sense, because I feel like those would just be, like, the guild leaders. Is there a big, like, a, a big red bead on Barney Breeze Island? Yes. Okay, so Carlos is back. Um, where are all, like, the small green beads? Like, is there is there any that, like, I can clearly identify as, like, myself or Ralph or Adam or anyone else? All of the green beads are spread apart. How many are there? There are 12. And, oh man, you're gonna have to jog my memory here. Um, I think we've only discovered one, two, three, four, five, six, right? Or have we met the seven recruit? How many recruits have we met? You have met seven. Seven. Kyle, Ralph. So I'll, I'll go down. I'll go down. So there's uh, Kyle, Ralph, Isaac, Coagsire, Adam, Aaron. Pearl. So there are five recruits left, and there are five legendary items left. Oh, mm. right. We did confirm that Pearl was a recruit. Right. We did. Okay. Yeah, that was the whole end of the second arc. Right, 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 right. And there are also five legendary items left. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I find it really weird that the enemy, that like the other guilds are 
being pinpointed as enemies almost. That doesn't seem right. Something seems fishy. Is, is there like is there a cluster by like Shady Grove that yes. would correspond to the bronze roses? And like the there is a cluster goes? of orange with a red dot at Shady Grove. Yes. And like, did the numbers check out to where it's like I know that there are this many members of the bronze roses plus the leader? The number of orange beads are significantly larger than the guild size. That's weird. Okay. Um. Is there anything by our destination, like on like on on Adam's map? By your destination. Like like where? Oh God! What's the name of the place we're going to? Something Beach. Gale Beach. Gale, Gale Beach. Beach. Is there anything there? Um, is there anything there? It's moments like this that I wish I was like some anime detective that could like take the most obscure clues and immediately piece together the whole puzzle. There's a fold in the top right corner. That means the bad guy is my brother's cousin. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, hold up, my brother's cousin. Wouldn't that just be your cousin? No. Yes. That Not necessarily. All right. Not if the cousin is actually a fake and it's actually my. Okay. No. Um. I was gonna say it could be a half brother or a step brother. Yeah. Um. Regardless of that, uh, there is nothing at your location. There is one green dot, relatively close. Nice. Okay. Chill. Um. Where are the other four green? Well, where are the other green dots? They are spread across the map. Can, can I get locations? Uh, oops. Uh, so let's see. There is, if you're looking at the map, are you looking at the map? Sure. Okay. Yes, I am. Okay. I have it up now. All right. Uh, so there is one on the extremely large ice island on the left. We missed one. Okay. There's one there. There's one in the center of Tenebris. Mm-hmm. There's one on the green portion right above where Tenebris's name is. Do you see what I mean? Uh, like that little bit of land that's part of the Lux region, but very destroyed. But like way off, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's one there. Uh, there's one in the dead center where the X is in Lux. Okay. There's one on the bottom of V in Ventus. Okay. There is one where the uh, in in the Nature region, right underneath it, where the red line crosses the river. Uh, yep. Okay. Um, there is one dead center at Sandlot City in the Petrum region. Region, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, there is one at the very top of the map, above Petrum. Gotcha. In that icy region. In that icy region. There is one at the very bottom of the map, underneath Ventus and Abe. Okay. Uh, there is one at the at the A in Ave. Uh-huh. There is one at the A in Flama. Uh-huh. There is one at the very western part of the map, uh, Fluvius region, just the farthest west point you can see. Gotcha. That should be all 12. That That is 12, yes. Um, see, my problem is now that I have absolutely... Well, he's also been moving them around. He has been I, moving them around, yes. I have absolutely no clue if these are the recruits, or if Adam is some kind of double agent and these are the bats. I have no clue. Um, Alright. Um, I'm gonna let him do his thing. I'm gonna pop back into the Frisian room and see if there's any... Like, if Kyle is chilling. You're chilling, but 
you notice that there's one more thing on the shelf. Oh. Uh, what you have put on the shelf is a broken eggshell. Is there another Pokemon around? Nope. So in that time, sub the egg hatched. Interesting. At what point am I, like, how much time do I have? At what point am I waking up? Or do I just kind of have, like, unlimited time to just poke around in every room? Uh, see what's happening. Inception this, I suppose. I don't know. All right. Well, I want to check down the Dragon room and see if Ralph is there. Even though Ralph is never in the Dragon You walk into the Dragon room, I assume? Mm-hmm. And you see Ralph there, but he's talking with another Pokemon, and you do not recognize this Pokemon at all, to the point, like, it's a shadowy, blurry figure. Weird. Missing No. <laughs> You're talking with Missing No. This is actually... Uh, like, I cannot in any way, shape, or form... Like, if I get closer, there's no way I can tell what Pokemon this is. No, as, as you, when you try to focus, for some odd reason, the more you try to focus, the more it becomes blurry. What if I focus on Ralph, like, himself? Uh, if you focus on Ralph, you notice that Ralph looks significantly stronger. Like, almost buffer, a little bit taller, maybe. Not 100% sure about that. Uh, and Ralph looks very serious. Can I make out anything in my periphery as I'm focusing on Ralph? Um, he's talking to a Pokemon that looks like they're floating. Not 100% sure. That could be the blurriness. Weird. Weird. Is this like a vision in the future? Like the egg has hatched and now I'm like kind of stronger? This seems really sus. Like, for where Kyle is sitting, Kyle almost like doesn't know what is happening. Doesn't know who to trust now. Ralph's mom said don't talk to shadowy strangers. So I don't think Ralph has that <laughs> in the plans. Ralph, Ralph clearly hasn't learned his lesson. Oh no. Well, Ralph's not in this dream. He's is there is. Down, like, if if, if 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 I poke my head in in any of the other rooms, is there anything weird going on in any of the other rooms or like? Uh, depends on which room you poke into. Um, uh, I forget. Uh, the Quagsire. What was her code name again? I don't remember. Uh, Palkia. Right. What if I poke into the Palkia? Uh, you poke into the Palkia room. Uh, Mrs. Quagmire is sitting there, uh, cross-legged. Almost looks like she's meditating. What if I poke into the Articuno room? Is that Isaac Articuno? Uh, Isaac is Kyrie. Right, Kyrie. Uh, Isaac has a target at the wall and seems to be like trying to shoot ice shards at the target, like practicing aim. What about the Emperor's? What about Pearl? I forget what Pearl's good name is. Uh, Pearl's is Zekron. Right. So uh, you walk into the Zekron room. Pearl has a crystal ball and she seems to be trying to predict the future. Can Kyle like, see you know, anything in the crystal ball? You just see fog. Hmm. What about... Man, I don't remember Aaron's code name either. Dark and I. Uh, where is Aaron? Maybe Ralph was talking to like a future recruit of the Lost we haven't met yet. Oh, or Rush maybe Ralph there. was talking to the Ops. No. Maybe uh, Ralph Rush is a double agent. Rush maybe I'm the mole. Right. Uh, you walk in there. Uh, you see Aaron talking to somebody else. They also have a very shadowy thing around them. And I can't recognize them. Nope. And there's like no like I can't see that there are like two additional doors in the hallway. All of the doors are closed. Every time you walk out of a room, the, you close the door behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in the hallway, like there's no like additional doors. It is like, the same twelve doors there's always been. Oh, but some of the doors are just un wait. But some of the doors are unlabeled. Or... They're unlabeled. Yes. Oh. What if I try poking my head into one of those? Uh. Or do they just not open? You are unable to open them. It's almost like you're unable to access that con that 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 thought in your mind is unaccessible. Hmm. Weird. Don't know what else to make of this dream. 
I'm just gonna go to the Parisian room and just chill there until I wake up. See if Kyle does it. Uh, as you walk back to the Parisian room, you see that you walk out of the room. Your dream Where? version of yourself. Where am I going? Uh, seems like you're walking to the Mew room. Um, um as you walk out, uh, uh, as you walk out, though, you, since you're both walking in the same direction, you both phase into each other and, like, cross paths that way. Well, I want to tail Dream Kyle. Uh, Dream Kyle knocks on Ralph's door, and Ralph and the shadowy figure come out. And as you go down, both both of you guys, and eventually the more people go, you'd each knock on the next person's door uh, until you see 11 different Pokemon. Sorry, you see 12 different Pokemon standing in front of the Mew door. And one at a time, each one of them walks in. Wait, 12? You see 12. Including Adam or not including Adam? Adam is not there. Or at least you don't recognize Adam to be one of the people outside. And I can recognize, like, the six recruits other than Adam that I do know. You Maybe. recognize the people you recognize and don't recognize the ones you don't, yes. Okay, well, I'm following them in. What What is happening here? Okay. Uh, as you guys walk, all 12 of the people and Adam, which means there are now 13 people at the gazebo, and then you, so there are 14. Uh, I'm not there. Yeah, you're not there. So uh, we'll, we'll just say you're, like peeking over or something like that i'm a fly on the wall uh, i was never there <laughs> yeah uh, all 13 pokemon start talking with each other they just uh, have a discussion it seems like adam is briefing everyone but you're unable to understand exactly what they're saying are they like pointing to the board the, the table at all uh can i make any yes of that but sort of in a general sense no one's actually pointing like specific dots or anything all right well i'm just gonna sit in on this meeting until something of interest happens uh, in yeah. about yeah, in in a little bit, everyone looks everyone that you can see their face at least looks at Adam as Adam like looks basically almost like you're sort of able to tell the the meaning behind it. So Adam's like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Everyone says yes, and then one by one, Adam closes his eyes, opens them, they turn pinkish purple, and then one by one, every single person gets zapped away. Interesting. Except oh. three people. The three being. Ralph, Kyle, Shadow Figure. Okay. And then what do they do then? The Shadow Figure turns to Ralph and Kyle. Seems like they're discussing something. Both Ralph and Kyle nod. And the Shadow Figure turns into a bright light, disappears, and all three of you are gone. And now it's just Adam there. Adam's there. He closes the map. Like, takes all the beads off, puts them into different boxes. Closes the map, puts it into a backpack, snaps his fingers, and he vanishes. Is this, like, some, like, vision into the future, like, before, like, the big battle at the end to save the world or something? Like, huh. I'm not sure. really confused. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I've just been listening the whole time. Well, there's no map. Kyle's gonna head back to the Verizian room one last time and see if anything's different there. You walk into the Verizian room, uh, and now that you, the uh, Dream Kyle isn't there, you're actually able to get a closer look at the shelf, and you see all eight legendary items along with your eggshell on your shelf so if at some point in the future i've retrieved all the legendary items why does it seem like we're prepping for some big battle i'm so confused would that not mean that like we did it we have averted the threat it is over or no i guess we have to protect the items yeah okay i'm satisfied dream kyle is just gonna like or no like kyle kyle dream. kyle kyle um but the, the sentient Kyle is gonna just I'm, chill in the Verizian I'm room. I'm going to say this. While, okay, so while you're chilling, you're just kind of looking around your room, and you notice there's a lot more items there. 
uh, some of them that you recognize from your previous travels. So, for some reason, you see Ralph's hat in there, uh, in your room. You see uh, a couple of notes from your adventures. You see a painting from Snow's mom, for some reason. Hmm. Uh, you see, like, a bunch of other things that make no sense to you, but you assume... Have you determined that this is a future event, or a past event, or a present event? I mean, this seems like the future, because right now the Verizon room only has two legendary items and no baseball cap. Yes, okay. So, uh, with this assumption that it's the future, you're just seeing a lot of different items at this point. You're like, okay, that's probably something I got in my future adventure. Um, you notice that your stick is basically a nub at this point, but also on the shelf. Like, it looks like it hasn't been touched in ages. Hmm. Dream Kyle was still a Trico, right? Dream Kyle was still a Trico, yes. Okay. <laughs> he didn't evolve. Is there anything, like, a particular note that I notice while I'm just chilling there? Because at this yes. point, like... Y okay. You notice one thing. Uh, as you're looking at the legendary items again, because you're like, well, might as well take a look at them while we're here. Um, where is... Why is oh, it? Hold on. Where... Let me double check my notes because I feel like in my notes I only have seven listed. One, two, three. Why is it in my notes I only have seven items listed? Because there are only seven items. But I see eight. Yeah. Yeah, wait a second. What? What's the eighth? Yeah, you look there uh, and you're like, wait a minute. Eight items. I was, I was, I was wondering how long it would take you guys to get to it. Um, you notice, hey, to your surprise, there's an eighth item. What is this? Um, oh, wait, yeah, because so you see. Seven. Yeah, you see. You see eight items on the eggshell there, um, but it, so you you go down the list. You see uh, that was voice crack for the ages. Uh, you see the aquamonica. You see the fiery drum, the grass cornet, the icy flute, the rock horn, the sky melodica, the terra symbol, the eggshell, and this sort of weird. How would you explain? It? How would you explain? It? Hold on. Um, you see a. It looks like a crystal ball, but as you look at it, it seems to be changing colors. So one moment it's red, then it fades out and it turns blue, fades out again, turns yellow, fades out again, turns a different color, yada yada yada. Think of it like a like a like a lava lamp ball. Yes, would be the best way to explain it. I was gonna say a lava lamp. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh. that is there. That is something that you have no idea. Was it at all mentioned in the Book of Myths? Oh, sorry, not a ball. Did I say ball? I meant a bell. Bell. Yes, bell. Like, a, like, a, like a cowbell. Like the Liberty Bell bell. Oh, I thought we were going to have like a nice little America needs more cowbell moment in this band. <laughs> uh, unfortunately not. But you see this, and this is very confusing because you have no recollection of anything like this. And it wasn't at all mentioned in the book. Uh, it does not mention the book, no. Weird. That's bizarre. What happens if I, like, take it off the shelf? <laughs> uh, you attempt to take it off the shelf, you just phase right through it. Yeah. You're a fly on the wall, you don't you don't, have, you don't touch anything, or you can't touch You anything. cannot I, control anything but, in this world. But I thought now that Dream Kyle was gone, I had it. It was worth a try, yeah, okay? Still, I'm sure. <laughs> that was more directed at Mizor. Um, okay, well, do I notice anything else that, like, seems like something that I wouldn't have expected to see? Uh, no, but you hear something. I'm listening. Okay, uh, you hear a commotion, and it sounds like it's coming from the mirror room. I'm, uh -oh. bol I'm bolting right back. <laughs> Okay, so you rush back, slam the door behind you the whole nine yards, um, and you rush into the Mew room to see Ralph and Kyle. What are they? Are they like arguing? Are they like confronting someone? Like they look very confused. 
is there like has anything in the room been like damaged or like nothing in the room has been anywhere? damaged but now ralph and kyle are looking around as as if they're trying to find something make a perception check minus one modifier is uh four okay something's off about this but you're not exactly sure what um and as Ralph and Kyle look around, they almost like get an idea, and they run out of the room. I'm following. Where are they going? They're rushing to your room, Kyle's room, the Kyle room. Uh-huh. They run in, and both of them, as they walk in, look to the legendary items and look surprised. Can I tell which one they're looking at in particular? No, they're just, they're just looking at the items, and they're like, wait, what? Are they? Are all eight items that were there before still there? Everything's there. That's supposed to be there. Okay. Uh, what do they do? Do they, like, go to the shelf? Do they point at one? They have a discussion, and then seemingly run back. I'm, I'm, I'm following them. What are they doing? Uh, they run back to the mirror room, and seem to be fiddling with some sort of machine button thing. Do they press the button? They press the button. What happens when they press the button? They disappear. And at this point, you wake up. Bruh. What? Did I just get, like, a sneak preview of, like, the end of Arc 8? Like, what just happened here? Uh, you wake up very confused. Yeah. As you wake up confused, Ralph just goes like, I haven't had better sleep in my life. That was your night, Kyle. Kyle's in, like, a cold sweat. Kyle's, (laughs) Kyle's, like, looking at his hands and they're, like, shaking. (laughs) No, Kyle, like, I, I imagine Kyle's, like, sitting up, like, Looking like down, like like like, at like the blanket, like like and just like, what is it like? What does it mean? What is can happening? I, can I touch? Can I touch this blanket? Can I? T- do I have to? I phase through it still? Just like, like, uh, this is a real blanket. What? I I I I think Kyle understands that he's awake, but Kyle doesn't understand what just happened. The next morning, the trio heads to Thunder Tree City, and Ralph meets with his mom. Turns out, she's not a fan of Ventus as a whole, because Ralph's dad's family lives there, and they haven't exactly seen eye to eye. Kyle, meanwhile, goes shopping for goods and services. Later that night, Ralph and Kyle meet up and head to the Dark Clouds, where they meet up with some old friends, Kirk and HD. Turns out, HD and Kirk will be joining them on the trip to Gale Beach. Oh, how fun. Ralph and Kyle meet up with The Goon, an Obstagoon who's basically a mob boss but slightly nicer and also running the guild. The Goon informs them of the task and of The Ghost, a villain that's trying to steal this package. Ralph and Kyle also technically transfer to the Dark Clouds as a result of this mission, which is going to last about a week and a half. The rest of the episode is Ralph and Kyle preparing for the mission as they leave that night. Throughout this entire journey, there is a chance that the ghost will just randomly show up. It's all based on how risky our group is with all of their actions and movements. They plan to travel for 14 hours and rest for 10 hours to try to get to Gale Beach as soon as possible. Later that night, the four travelers hear rustling around them, and it's some wild Pokemon. After the fight, they continue the travel through the rest of the day. During the afternoons, each member of the mission team will take a shift on watch and rest for the rest of the time. They travel through on the second night with nine days remaining on their clock. HD talks about Kirk and his time at the Dark Clouds, and they reach Laurel Port and camp nearby as they take a rest. The next day's worth of travels ends up with nothing really happening, as the actions of our characters are ultra-conservative. 
During Ralph's shift, Ralph sees Miles the Dartrix walk by and stops him for a quick conversation. Apparently, Miles is heading to a town to be a prosecutor in a case involving some water-type Pokemon, which Ralph instantly assumes is snow. Despite this debate, Ralph decides, at the end of the day, to continue his quest. Later on, the group gets jumped by a wild Pokemon, but nothing truly terrifying. Everyone continues to travel on their path to Gale Beach, slightly hungrier than normal due to this interruption of a wild Pokemon, and during Ralph's shift, he notices the river that they've camped near begins to bubble, and hears a voice to his right. No one is there. Surprise, surprise, the ghost is here! Yay! Everyone loved that part. Kyle and Ralph both immediately throw a stun seed at the direction of the voice, and Ralph's seed seems to hit as it vanishes. A blinding flash of light hit later, however, and the ghost's voice appears behind them, unharmed. Kyle throws a sleep seed in that direction, which seems to hit something, but sure enough, a flash of light, and the voice appears in a different area. The battle begins between the four heroes of the current journey and the ghost who reveals themselves to be a haunter. The ghost, being a confident Pokemon, uses trickery in their moves rather than a frontal attack. Despite Kyle nearly fainting, the team is successful in defeating the ghost, temporarily, as another flash of light later and the ghost reappears in all its glory looking completely unharmed. As the ghost does a villain monologue, Kirk pulls out an orb to make the team invisible, and Kyle bonks the ghost on the head with a sleep seed in the process. The team books it across the river, hoping the ghost isn't able to find them. The team goes over the most recent events and tries to get back on schedule. As they continue their travels, they pass by the entry of a mystery dungeon, with a bunch of items just chilling there. Naturally, they pick them all up. They take a rest and heal for the first time in a long time. Ralph at this point has a theory about the ghost. Perhaps it's using a bunch of reviver seeds? Though that wouldn't explain the recovery from status conditions like sleep and paralysis. Anyway, they continue on. More traveling equals more traveling, which is a trend in the later section of this arc. At this point, they've reached the border of Nature and Ventus and get some goodies as a result. Nothing happens in their shifts. At 3 in the morning, as they continue traveling, Kyle's bag begins to glow. The egg looks like it's about to hatch. Everyone stops everything to see the miracle of life, and out from the egg comes a baby Manaphy. A Manaphy? Okay, that that's new. That's okay, there's a Manaphy in that egg. Um, that's, yeah, cool, okay. Uh, wow, a Manaphy. Anyway, the terrain in the area is becoming slightly more mountainous, but not much more difficult. Overall, it's been a good day. Travels continue for our heroes, and they reach the beginning, I suppose, of a river where a Miss Magius waits at the table. This Miss Magius is a very mysterious Pokemon, speaking in riddles and confusing tones, but offers Ralph and the rest of the team a bunch of gifts, which they hesitantly accept. The Miss Magius disappears immediately afterwards, much to everyone's confusion, and they continue to travel. Later that day, while camping and resting in a forest, Kyle notices a figure in the distance, charging at them. The ghost has returned for vengeance and its prize. A battle begins between the ghost and the squad, and the result is a loss for the ghost. However, as you probably have picked up on at this point, a flash of light appears, and the ghost is back up and at them. Kyle immediately slaps it with a sleep seed, and it falls asleep. Kyle then takes the bag, which is empty, before the flash and revival. They have now decided to play keep away with the haunter, which ends up failing as Ralph throws it at the haunter instead. As the ghost demands the package they've been transporting, Ralph, in some frankly brilliant role-slash-story action, blatantly lies to the haunter's face, who actually ends up feeling bad for stealing from them. The ghost is still gonna, of course, steal from them, but 
he does apologize for it now, instead of just taking it without apologizing, so that's something. Ralph, now frustrated about this whole ordeal, uses one of its orbs to make the Haunter drop its bag and takes it from them, running away. The team as a whole basically scatters and starts rushing in different directions. Ralph is rushing in the direction of Gale Beach with someone chasing after him. However, as he continues to run, he reaches a large canyon that he clearly can't jump over. He tries to eat his warp seed to bounce to the other side, but ends up at the bottom of the canyon. That ends Ralph's journey in this episode. This was a, frankly, very Kyle-focused episode. Meanwhile, Kyle is rushing through the forest with someone chasing after him. Eventually, he reaches a river and starts rushing in that direction, trying to go basically to the ocean. Despite his efforts, however, the ghost catches up to him, and they begin to battle. The ghost also reveals that the ghost is actually four ghosts, four different haunters that each switch back and forth between themselves if anyone faints, thus giving the impression of immortality. The battle begins between Kyle and this haunter, and it doesn't go well for Kyle. Kyle becomes cursed, and some bad rolls lead Kyle to being a couple of turns away from fainting. This results in Kyle having to press the emergency button. Manaphy joins the fight. In fact, I'll just share with you what happens from this point on. You'll want to hear it instead of me describing it. Ooh, wait, actually. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and pop an Ordberry real quick. Is what I'm Okay. Gonna do. So that's what's going to use your turn for? Alright. Yeah. And I heal four, which is less than ideal. Well, I heal four, and then now I'm going to take curse damage, which is just d6 plus four. So it's really just I'm taking d6 damage. Oh, and now I roll a five. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, oh dear. We are in trouble. Uh-oh. Alright, so here's our situation now. Uh, Ghost will be going first in the next turn. Uh, you were at whatever health you're at. I, I, I'm at Overgrow health, is what I'm at. <laughs> oh boy, so you're at Overgrow. Uh, Ghost is going first. What is the game plan, Kyle? Run away! Run Ky away! <laughs> Kyle's gonna look over at Manaphy and just nod to the hunter like, Hey, go make a friend. So, uh, Manaphy, from Manaphy's perspective, Manaphy was born about two days ago and knows that uh, Kyle is uh, Kyle has been taking care of me for the most time. Uh, the Machop seems to be friendly. The other two seem all right, although Kyle gives a nasty look at Kirk every now and then. Um, and is basically like, okay, this is the squad. These are the people I should know and trust. That's not a person that I should trust. On top of that, you're kind of punching my dad here, so uh, rage Kaboom. mode activated. Uh, so from the Haunter's perspective... <laughs> Finally, I'm winning... Excuse me, what is that? And Manaphy steps out of the water, just like, let's go. Hello. Come here. I feel like Manaphy, in an incredibly baby version, is kind of like, just like, you know, pumping himself up. Like, you want to test me? You want to test me? <laughs> Boy, that's my dad you're dealing with. Um, so Manaphy, roll initiative. What is, or not, yeah, Manaphy, roll initiative. Do you remember, you rolled a one, yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay. The man of he could outspeed the ghost, actually. That that's what I'm baking on here. Uh so I need a D ten. Yeah, the man of he by one outspeeds the ghost. So Tag in my boy real quick. So, um yeah, turn five, Manaphy walks out of the water, kinda like, I am Poseidon, Lord of the Seas, and you shall mm -hmm. obey my command. Now the thing is Manaphy's moveset, unless Manaphy has somehow like leveled in in this, this short time. Whoops, that's kind of whack. Gotta get, gotta get the XP somehow. That is true. Um, so Manaphy, what is your game plan? You have a, you have a strategy in mind, Manaphy? No. All right. Well, too bad. Let's go. So what um, did it go for? Uh, Tail Glow does what? Raises its own special attack. Um, 
it could bubble or it could water sport, which is useless. Okay, so Manaphy, unfortunately, does not have battling prowess. So I'm going to say Manaphy randomly selects her moves. His, its moves. I, I keep putting... Manaphy doesn't have gender. Um, Manaphy keeps selecting its moves um, to randomly select it. Sorry. So, uh, cross your fingers. Just not water sport. Anything but water sport. So Manaphy... Uh, Uses you water notice sport. Manaphy. Manaphy. Uh, as, as it gets out of the water, uh, its head starts to glow. It starts turning bright lights. Oh, fun. Um, so you know what that is, but uh, Kyle's just like, okay, um, cool. You gonna is that an attack? No. Yes. No. Okay. Cool. Fine. Um, so that is that. The ghost is now concerned. Um, uh, not the ghost. This ghost. I'm only fighting one, not the collective. That is true. Okay. So ghost is concerned. Um, kind of like, okay, uh, should I deal with that one or this one? From the ghost's perspective, he's winning the fight against you. So let me see what this new creature has. So it is going to go for Hex on Manaphy. No, not the baby. This could be a knockout. Uh, Let's see, where is my... Is Arc so 3 hit. just Honorud going for a TPK? Is that what Arc 3 is? I'm sick of this podcast. We're screwed. <laughs> We're getting rid of everybody. <laughs> that's, that's how the story ends. Kyle falls to the ghost. Ralph is stuck in a canyon. <laughs> and that's how we ended. Um, wow. Mm, okay. Such suspense. It's been a while since we've had a cliffhanger as an ending. It's literally only been a couple episodes. Yeah, I meant that. <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah, I meant that. Question. Did the haunter hit? Is is the manaphy alive? What's, what's happening? Uh, that's what I'm calculating right now. Um, oh. So the haunter hit? The haunter did hit, yes. Oh no. Oh no. I mean, I do have higher special defense. I do have higher stats in general than Manaphy. So. And as far as I know, the Manaphy doesn't have a bag with items. What's Manaphy's ability? Cannot, cannot faint at level one. <laughs> Please. I cannot faint at level one. Um, hold on. Uh, why am I... So Manaphy takes the hit. So the hex is a is a blast. Just yeah, at, at Manaphy. Manaphy gets hit, and then just looks back up like, please, really, you no. dare test me with that, you mortal? Wow. Nah, no way. No way. No way. What's hex's damage base? Um, seven. So what's that? What's that? What? What's that dice? Uh, two d six plus ten. Two d six plus ten. This thing has like, on top of that, like twenty something special attack. Yeah. So how is, this, how is it not knocked out? Because Manaphy's health is 31 before anything. Oh, wow. All right, we we talked about this, yes. Manaphy's clearly hurting. Oh, you know, it's hurting, but for, Still for, for plot purposes, Manaphy is like, please, compared to what my father deals with, that is nothing. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Yeah, so Manaphy's, Manaphy's lost like two-thirds of its health, um, but it's still up and at him. See, now my uh, question is... I have eight health, so if I roll, right. if I if I roll at least a four, it basically there's a fifty fifty shot of me fainting, potentially. True. If I don't land this mega drain. True. But if I land this mega drain, I roll. What? It's gonna do quite a bit. I mean, I roll I roll two d six plus eight, um, which is better than one d eight plus six, um, and on top of that, my special attack is 
okay-ish. Um, well, actually, its special defense is probably one higher than my special attack. So in reality, I'm just doing d6 plus 7 divided by 2 if I go for a Mega Drain. Which, on average, is not going to be a... It's not gonna you could crit, also. Critical hits could be taken into account. On, on a disadvantage? No. Hey, maybe. Unless, a, unless, uh, you al unless you allow me that if I roll one crit, I crit. No, I can't do that. See, There's a crit. 1 in 400 shot, I think, right? 1 over 20 times 1 over 20? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is literally... It's a 1 in 400 shot, you is, just crit on this. There, and is, like, there is literally a zero... Uh, 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 a 0.25% chance that I could. It's not happening. Hey, people win the lottery, I don't know. Uh, and, and look at the state of my character sheet. Do I look like I'm winning the lottery? <laughs> uh, you, it helps the, the poor? I don't know. Okay, anyway. Um, uh, what's the I, game plan, man? I, 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 an Orenberry just delays the inevitable. I think I have to go for Mega Drain. I don't really have much of a choice here. Okay. Unless I... Ooh... The other choice... Oh, you could you could Orenberry stall for turn and then have no. Manaphy deal with it? Is that well, your idea? Well, no. My idea was quick attack, land that, and then go for Mega Drain. Uh, but then I'm rolling the if dice. You with, do I stay alive? Either way, I'm rolling the dice. Yeah, basically. It's you almost like this is a TTRPG. Hey, you know what? We're, 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 we're risking it for the biscuit. We're going to go for a quick attack. Okie doke. And I think the way, hold on, hold on. The way quick attack works, if I hit, right, it'll be 14 plus 12, which is 16. Yeah, yeah, no matter what, if I hit quick attack, no need to calculate. It does one damage. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Because normal. I don't think you deal the 20 at any point. No. Um, so, 2d20s, 7 and 8. They're good enough. Hey. <laughs> good enough. All right. I do one damage. And I go again after I potentially die here. Okay, minus one. Uh, it takes the hit. Very confused at how you're still uh, up and at him. Speaking of up and at him, here is the all-important roll. Uh, the curse roll. Here we go. I have... Keep in mind, I have 8 HP right now. Oh my. This does D6 plus 4. I rolled 3. <laughs> He's alive! <laughs> Somehow. Somehow I have 1 HP right now. Wow. Oh, this is this is an anime <laughs> moment right here. <laughs> uh, oh, and now the order and now oh oh and now the order is Kyle, Manaphy, Ghost. Correct. Good luck. Uh, and this thing is sitting on. I've lost track. It's still somewhere in the teens. It's still somewhere in the teens. We need a. We need a massive. I, I basically need Otteru to be willing to let Manaphy actually attack. Because if Manaphy actually attacks, it's done. Uh, if I hit this Mega Drain. Yeah, there's a 2 out of 3 chance right now that Manaphy will not attack. Um, because come Manaphy on. doesn't know what it's come doing. Come on, dude. Let me have this anime comeback moment. <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> the dice allow it. <sighs> Honestly, you could... No, you can't. But You should Mega Drain now. Or, or in Barry. Or just do something. I Well, um... Uh... What if what if Kyle just like yells out to Manaphy like, "Can you hit it, please?" <laughs> would that would no. that would that change your would that change your mind? Um, if if you speak it, yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what's the best what's the what's the way that you would word this to a child? Um, Manaphy. <laughs> uh, all right, Kyle. At this point now, he's gonna like turn to Manaphy. He's gonna point to the haunter. And, and 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 say, 
hit that. <laughs> um, and then Kyle's gonna go in for a Mega Drain, is what's gonna happen here. Okay. Um, go ahead and use your Mega Drain. No! You missed. I rolled a five! Oh. Oh no. So you go for the Mega Drain. Otterwood went, oh no! Anyways. <laughs> it's all up to Manaphy. Oh, okay. It's all up to Manaphy. Well, Manaphy right. can't knock it out with one hit. You never know. No, it cannot. You never, maybe it crits. Bubble is weak, dude. Maybe it crits. Maybe it crits. Anyway, the Mega Drain. You I go should for use the... Detect! You go for Mega Drain, and as you rush up... Oh boy. What was oh, that's not important. Uh, you go for Mega Drain, and uh, try it, and the Haunter just sidesteps it, like... How are you still up? And uh, on the last, on the edge of your seat at this point, everybody's at the edge of their seat. Manaphy now has to figure out how to attack. <laughs> it's learning how to battle in real time. Yeah. Uh, on the job. No, <laughs> no pressure, Manaphy, but uh, you kind of have to hit this. Um, cool. See what happens. Uh, so it is Manaphy's turn. <laughs> no way! Did it crit? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. It crit. Okay. No, so so this is what happens. Manaphy, uh, through raw determination, I'm st how? Okay, all right. <laughs> Manaphy, through raw determination, starts blowing bubbles. Yes! Great, okay. Well, no, but here's the crit, thing. Though. No, no, here's the thing. I rolled the move. So Manaphy's now creating bubbles. The question is, does Manaphy know how to throw the bubbles? Oh, it's, it, it knows how to use bubble. Come on, it knows it at first. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I mean, I have to use the. I have to roll for accuracy. Okay, um, yeah. It's do the bubbles hit? Crit, crit, yes. crit, um, crit, now, crit, crit. Now, I am doing this for your sake. Hey, Kyle, do you have any IQ skills that would help support your child? <laughs> you might, probably. I mean, I, I do have cheerleader, which yes. Well, I'm only gonna use it if it hits. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just keeping that in mind. Uh. Yo, your kid. Trust your kid, man. 16. Do Take imagine. the dub. Dang, nice. Alright, so let's roll for damage. Um, Add your cheerleader. Or roll uh, for first, cheerleader. I have to roll for damage, and then on top of that, the cheerleader will take effect. Well, so. cheerleader takes effect after everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, D8 plus 6. D8. Even with cheerleader, I don't think we can knock it out. We'll get close. We might get close enough to where it takes a step back, but that's probably the best we can do. All right, roll your cheerleader. Hooray! All right, so I roll Q, and based on that, I roll damage additionally. Yes. All right. Yeah. If you succeed. Or I got I got eleven, which is mixed success, so I add D four, and I rolled a two on that. So two extra damage is not going to do anything. If it's just enough, I'm going to be so surprised. No, no, no. The haunter's hurting because it started with nineteen. I did. Not all that much. I did like two quick attacks. The one Mega Drain did like six damage, six or seven. Um... Okay, so I'm going to describe the event and uh, we'll move on from there. So, Manaphy at this point, uh, eyes turn blue, I suppose. I don't know, they shine blue. And all the bubbles stop and start rushing towards a Haunter. Nice. Each one hitting him, popping him, and sending him farther and farther back. Uh, Kyle, how do you use your cheerleader? Kyle just looks approvingly at Manaphy. Just like, <laughs> Proud good, dash. Job. good job, child. <laughs> Dang, that's all you got? Alright, um... This is Kyle, uh, come on. So, Kyle's just like, at, at the edge of his seat. He's got like, come on, 
not even just it's like yes let's go in this head um bubbles continuing to pop boom 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 the haunter stares at manifade disbelief and then falls to the ground fainted no <laughs> dead serious i rolled max damage that's literally what you had to do in order to knock it out oh my god <laughs> it took a while but the dice finally came through for us on one hp so after Manaphy basically clutches the match for the team, Kyle transports himself, Manaphy, and the fainted ghost to the Dark Clouds using his badge, explaining to everyone the entire situation. Transporting back to the river via teleporting powers are now Kyle, Manaphy, who's back in Kyle's bag, the goon, and a Poochiana named Mike, ready to take down the remaining ghosts. Ralph's been chilling in this canyon for a long time, and with new perspective, climbs back up the cliff on the forest side. When back up, Ralph tries to triangulate Kyle's position using math, but isn't able to meet up with Kyle at the same time Kyle was in that area. He decides to head towards Gale Beach, as everyone's eventually going to head there and hopes to meet up with them at that point. Kyle, now with a few extra members, starts heading out to find the others, and ends up finding Kirk, who defeated his version of the ghost. With Kirk now well informed, everyone heads in the direction of HD, they eventually find fainted on the ground. Good news, HD still got the box. Bad news, the ghost has the thing in the box. So that's 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 not great. Ralph, who is now traveling solo, ends up running into the two remaining ghosts, both trying to see if he's got the rest of the box's contents, whatever that can mean. Soon afterwards, however, the rest of the team comes in and defeats the two ghosts once and for all, finally ending the mission that frankly took a lot longer than I thought it would. Now everyone heads to Gale Beach with no issues on the rest of the journey. Late at night, the team finally reaches Gale Beach. As the goon heads to deliver the package, the rest of the team separates to do whatever they want. Ralph and Kyle now have a certain Wigglytuff to find. The team goes to the local inn and sleeps in a bed for the first time in nearly two weeks. The next morning, they head out of the inn and go to Sindorin the Wigglytuff's house. They reach a bright pink house, and Sindorin opens the door, offering a cup of tea to each of them. Sindorin talks about his life journey in the past, including his run-ins with legendary Pokemon, which basically confirms that he is a member of the Recruits of the Lost. They poof into the Dream Realm and meet up with the other recruits, also informing everyone that Manaphy actually exists. Sindorin, being a basically professor of mythology, starts running down each of the clues and pieces of information that he knows, combining his knowledge of legendary things with the information that the group already has, making things even more fascinating. Sindorin also tells them a story, which I shall share with you here. So, let me tell you a story. Everyone, if you'd like to sit down, it's a relatively short story. Um, hopefully it doesn't take too long. So, okay. Uh, this, is a so this is the story of the Swords of Justice. Oh, fun. I sit down cool. and I, sit, I cross my legs, crisscross applesauce. Great. Uh, so, for the first time in an extremely long time, I have prepared something in advance for this show. <laughs> Wild! Whoa! Uh, you will notice, you will very quickly get the find what the inspiration of the Swords of Justice is once I reach the end. In the beginning, it's much more correlated to the actual Swords of Justice themselves, which you may or may not know if you have played through any of the Nova games. With that being said, let me go into it. So, uh, no talkie. <laughs> Long ago, when legendary and mythical Pokémon roamed the Alcas region, as you and I can do now, there were a set of three Pokémon that worked to do good wherever they were. They were the Swords of Justice, the first ever rescue team. The members of the team consisted of Turakian, Verizian, 
and their leader Cobalion. Together, these three Pokémon would travel through the Alcas region, helping Pokémon with any issues that would arise. However, as more and more Pokémon asked for help, the team quickly realized that the three members would not be enough. They decided to find a fourth member to join their team. However, they could not simply pick a random Pokémon from the crowd. The newest Pokémon would have to not only be powerful and smart enough to stick with the team, but also balance out the flaws of the trio. Terrakion, while powerful, was headstrong and eager to fight against everyone deemed a threat. Verizian, while smart, was self-absorbed and took as much time focusing on others as they did on themselves. Cobalion, while courageous, was slow in action, making it difficult for instinct to kick in. The Swords of Justice knew this, and understood that they had to find a Pokémon who could balance them out. They conducted the first ever Guild Triads, though there was only one rescue team looking for a new member, and Pokémon from across the region showed their skills. They tested intellect, power, and leadership, similar to how modern Guild Triads do. Despite the search, however, they could not find a worthy Pokémon. Many who tried out were also headstrong, self-absorbed, overtly cautious, or a combination of these factors. The Swords of Justice, try as they did, could not find another Pokémon to join their group. One day, as the search looked more and more futile, they heard a commotion in the city they were testing at. It seemed that a nearby farm was burning down, and no one could put it out. If it spread, it could burn down the entire city. The Swords of Justice, the Swords of Justice rushed to help. Let me restart that. <clears throat> the Swords of Justice rushed to help but was surprised to find a young Pokémon attempting to put out the fire themselves. This Pokémon was Keldeo, and they lived at the farm that was burning down. The trio watched as Keldeo used its powerful water moves to put out the fire. The trio watched as Keldeo wisely attacked the fire, making sure the fire could not spread. The trio watched as Keldeo bravely jumped to save the farm, when no other Pokémon would. Keldeo, however, was struggling to complete this task on its own, and the Swords of Justice helped whittle the fire down to nothing. Turning to Keldeo, they asked, my child, why did you not run like the others did? Keldeo looked confused and responded, I do not know. I thought other Pokémon would be in trouble, so I tried to save them. With that, the trio knew that Keldeo was the perfect fourth member. They asked, Why did you not try out for the Swords of Justice? Keldeo nervously responded, I did not feel confident I would succeed. How could I be successful where stronger, wiser, and braver Pokémon I failed? The flaw of Keldeo was underconfidence, which the trio believed they could remedy over time. Soon afterwards, Keldeo was chosen as the fourth member of the Swords of Justice. As time continued, Keldeo became stronger, wiser, and braver, and was on par with the other members of the Swords of Justice. However, Keldeo was not a legendary or mythical Pokémon, and could only do so much with its limited power. Following discussions between the legends, they deemed that Keldeo had proven that they were a powerful Pokémon, but needed to complete tasks to join the ranks of the mythicals. Accomplishing these would prove Keldeo's worth to the legends and myths, and become one of their own. There were some rules that Keldeo had to follow, however. As they were the only ones attempting to become legends, they could not have assistance from any non-legend or myth. They could also not accept payment or reward for any of these tasks. To watch over Keldeo throughout the journey and to wish luck, one of the mythicals, Victini, was to join Keldeo on the quest, and was the only link that Keldeo could have to the other legends. Keldeo had to accomplish 10 seemingly impossible tasks in 30 days while following these rules. Despite everything seemingly against Keldeo, they accepted their request. Hours, days, weeks passed, and there was no word from Keldeo. Even Victini did not seem to bring any news. Many feared the worst. Perhaps the tasks were too difficult, for their unforeseen consequences. Did they send Keldeo to their doom? The hourglass for Keldeo's journey was running out of sand. 500 grains. 400. 300. 200. 100. 50. 20. 10. 9. 8. 7. 6. 5. 4. 
Wait, that's Keldio. Keldio had returned, and Victini confirmed all ten tasks were complete, and Keldio had proven that they were worthy. Their reward? A circular shell, blazing with Victini's fire. As Keldio hit the sides of the shell, they began to change, almost like an evolution. Keldio had unlocked a new godly form, its resolute form. Through hard work, dedication, and understanding of character, Keldio became not only a sword of justice, but a member of the Legends Forever. After that story, Sandorn also gives some other pieces of advice about other clues as well. For example, Manaphy is likely the child you must show Kyogre. To reach Rayquaza, you'll need the support of a flying legendary or teleport gem. To get the fiery drum, it's likely that you'll have to accomplish the same task that Kelio did. And the first creation is probably Mew, but you'll have to find them first. Kyle and Ralph split the tasks among everyone and starts prepping to find Kyogre. Back in the real world, Ralph notices a picture Sindoran has, which shows his class photo, which surprisingly shows Ralph's mother and father, of course younger, and his father is officially confirmed to be a Rilolu or Lucario. A bunch of characters in the world are in the photo as well, like Snow's mom and dad, and Kyle's mom and dad as well. Suddenly, the front door knocks. As Ralph opens the door, he sees Celebi, floating in front, who asks for his help. And that is where the arc ends. Thanks for listening to the summary episode. The music throughout this episode was either created by GlitchX City, Tabletop Audio, or myself. You can find links to GlitchX City and Tabletop Audio in the description of this episode. And while you're down there, follow the podcast and myself on Twitter and join our Discord. We're building an amazing community that's constantly growing, and you can meet a bunch of awesome people, including the members of the show. Our biggest and most rewarding link, however, is our Patreon, which contains a plethora of benefits that you can take full advantage of. For as little as $1 a month, you have the power to grow not a scratch to higher and higher levels. There are a number of rewards for joining our Patreon at different tiers, including early access to episodes, special series, the ability to have your own one-shot, and more. If you're financially able and willing, we'd be extremely thankful for any support. Thank you again for checking out this summary episode. I've been your PM, DM, GM, Andrew himself, and until next time, take care.